the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Ladies and gentlemen, the drunken Taoist himself, Daniele Bolelli. My friend, how are you? Pleasure and honor to be here again. Always a pleasure and honor to have you here, brother. How's it going? If you hear anything in the background, some giggling, Daniele's beautiful little daughter is here. Uh, the babysitting plans didn't work out, so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll make yeah. it happen. But I'll feel weird about swearing. But <laughs> so, that's all right. Well, you should see what comes out of her mouth on a regular basis. <laughs> so. Yeah, my daughter gives me a hard time. Uh, or my wife rather gives me a hard time for swearing in front of our daughters. It's like there's like some period where you're there's a certain point in time where you're not allowed to swear. When they hit like 18, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, but, but any, anything before then, people get a little squirrely. Of course, no, but it's hilarious because you know you can't help it. You know you're gonna listen to some music. You're gonna not even crazy stuff, but like. Oh, yeah, she, she liked Katy Perry at some point. And so I'm like, okay, whatever, you listen to your song. And then she was uh, still a couple of years ago. She was, she was tiny, and she goes into school, and she starts singing to her teacher. And her teacher is like, oh, cute song. You have such a beautiful voice. And she starts going like, you PMS like a bitch, I should know. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, please don't say that. Do you know the PC police is trying to take the word bitch out of our vernacular? Come bitch on. is the latest one. Bitch Why? is the new retard. <laughs> I, w- I won't let go of retard. I don't care what you say. It's not a medical term. It's uh, it's no. It's to retard is to slow down, yep. is to be behind the curve. To be retarded is to be slow. It has nothing to do with Down syndrome or any diseases. I may have to ban it eventually. But for right now... I'm fucking staying strong. I'm staying strong with retard, and I'm staying strong with bitch. And what's bad with bitch, exactly? Well, it's a derogatory term for females. Oh it's God. it's part of the patriarchy. Don't you understand? You know, you don't understand because you're a white male. You need to check your privilege, <laughs> Mr. Bellelli. Have you not checked oh your privilege? God. Yeah, I saw your tweet about checking your privilege. I was like. thinking about checking my pri- privilege <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I didn't, though. I thought about it. I'm I thought about checking my privilege. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean you know <laughs> it's a way that people can silence you yeah. i mean that's essentially what it is i mean the idea behind it has some merit you know the idea that there are people that have uh, privilege in life and they need to understand that i think no, it's a valid fine. term yeah. when you're talking about uh minorities and poor people and people mm-hmm. on welfare and people in foreign countries that have you know no health care and they're poor i i believe support 100% that but it gets used as a crutch to silence people mm-hmm. and it gets used as a crutch for people who lack the intellectual vigor to engage in an honest debate and discussion they say you need to check your privilege I love watching videos of people that are really not that bright but they're like getting involved in those debates and they have that weapon check your privilege it's like it's like a fighter that doesn't really know how to box but has an awesome overhand right yeah, and they just swing that overhand yeah. right swing, you know, the, the other boxer's like bitch get out of here with that overhand right <laughs> I didn't see that shit coming a mile away <laughs> check your privilege oh not that easy yeah. your fucking argument sucks no and I mean I get it because there are the people who are oh you know we live in a colorblind society everything there is no more racism we can all be equal and if you are trying to argue anything but you are a mm-hmm. reverse racist and i can see how some of these guys are dicks themselves because they are he's like ignoring the fact that there's a whole history behind it and when they say we start the race evenly it's like well somebody has their shoestrings tied together from 50 <laughs> yeah. years of bullshit no forget 50 least, way more yeah. 
And so it's like, no, there is no even race. That's bullshit. But at yeah. the same time, when you turn it into everything is about what happened 200 years ago, it's like, come on, man. It's like, it's there, a fine balance there. There's a website that, uh, a Twitter f- handle that I don't, I don't follow them on Twitter because I don't want them to know that I follow them. But what I did <laughs> is bookmark them and I go to her page all the time. Oh, that's funny. And her thing is about being child free. Hashtag child free. Uh-huh. And I mean this woman's entire fucking Twitter feed is all about how happy she is that she doesn't have a child. <laughs> And it's one of those, you know, me thinks the, thou dost protest too much. You know, yeah. it's, it's like when you go to it, it's like, oh my God, like, is this your whole existence? Is like being happy that you don't have a child? Like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. Like, it's a bizarre hang up. But that bizarreness is a, that, that's a characteristic of human beings. Like, they can get caught up in a bunch of different weird ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And one of them can be just, fucking meandering on and on constantly about racial issues oh yeah of course you know and it works by the way have you seen al sharpton's girlfriend jesus louisa really oh my god that good oh my god she's a fucking 10 i mean uh, a young 10 with her arms around this crusty old (laughs) dinosaur fucking suitcase pimp how old is al sharpton now he's dead yeah seriously officially dead I don't know. It's fucking thousand. It's a thousand and fifty. He's disgusting. Yeah. But he's just a creep. He's a, like, just a suitcase pimp. You know, he's just yeah. one of those guys. He's just a hustler. Mm-hmm. He figured out his way through that Tawana Brawley case where it was some false rape accusation. He was blaming all these white people. It's again, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's of a course. race pimp. Look at her. Kapow! Ooh! Ah! E! And that's just one picture. By the way, this is a weird thing that happens with people's heads mm-hmm. when they lose weight. When people get really fat, their heads get big. That's Al Sharpton now? That's Al Sharpton now. He lost a lot of weight. He had his stomach stapled. And um, that's only one photo of her. She's 35. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good for Al. Damn. Yeah. What do they talk about? Crayons? Shit. She's not that young, actually. 35 is pretty. She's a stylist. She's beautiful. Um, somebody is not watching their little show. Somebody is sitting in Daniele Bolelli's lap. What are we doing? Are we watching Little Krishna where Krishna kills demons or no? <laughs> she's, she's done, dude. Can I say hi to everybody? because I'm really scared. Okay, I'll That's hug you the whole time. How about That's that? That's like your arms like that. Okay, you can sit in my lap, watch your show. This will be the first show it. ever where a little kid is here during the podcast. Yeah, that should be. You're so cute, I'm going to have to let it slide. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Just this one You sure time. you don't want to watch TV or anything? What time? What time? <laughs> well, it's right now it is uh, 1.10. You can watch TV if you want. Do you want to? Uh, she's watching her show more or less. Barely. Let's see how that, how that goes. <laughs> yeah. When well, my daughter was three, it's one of the cutest moments ever. My daughter was three when we went skiing. I took their skim skiing when... Uh, when one daughter was two and the other one was four. That's when I started them skiing. Yeah, I just think it's good to just get kids doing shit yeah. as much as possible. That's great. I take them to dance class and gymnastics and I teach them martial arts. Awesome. But I think it's good to just get them used to traveling, get them used yep. to doing things. But uh, <laughs> when she was three, uh, we were putting all the stuff into her, her little bag. You know, she's a little bag she carries when we travel. And she likes to pull her own bag. And... Um, she didn't have her helmet in the bag and she had everything zipped up and right when she finished zipping it up I'm like honey you didn't put your helmet in she goes shit <laughs> 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 it's just something 
so adorable I know. about a three-year-old going just throwing. And, and my wife and i were just like oh no she didn't <laughs> if I, I mean the thing is kids are gonna do it right so what happens is what i the deal that i struck with her was i don't care if you do it around me i get it hell i do it too but you do not there, there are places where you do it places where you don't right. at school around other kids in front of your teachers no at home. So one day we're like, we're driving home from school and she let's slip up something like that where she goes, da, 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 shit. And I'm like, is what? And she look at me and is like, don't worry. I don't say it at school. I just say it here. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. And so she sees that she had to go ahead. And so she went, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> kind of got it out of her system. And <laughs> that was that. Yeah. So. It's, um, it's tricky because it's uh, totally acceptable for adults in normal, rational conversations. Right. But you know, it's not, in certain circles, it's a—it's just so that whole thing, the whole censorship and language thing, is such a bizarre aspect of being a human being. These forbidden words that we use that essentially are interchangeable with words that are okay. Yeah. Like what drives me crazy is when someone goes frickin'. Mm-hmm. This oh, yeah. frickin' guy with his frickin' thing. Like I hate oh, that. Whoa, what kind of bizarre corporate world we live? What Applebee's existence are we floating through here? Yeah. Frickin'. No, it drives me nuts. It's, I can't. It's weird. It's weird. And that's why, I mean, I don't overdo it. If I can check it, I'll try. But I don't try to censor myself around there in anything. You yeah. know, in anything that I do. It's kind of like this is how I am, right? This is, I'm not going to out of my way to make it extra weird. But I'm like, how I am is how I am. And, yeah. And I like talking to kids, not exactly like they are adults, because obviously they aren't. Right. But at the same time, not treating them like they are fucking stupid, where you just right. treat them like... Uh, oh, Goo Goo Gaga kind of stuff all day mm-hmm. long. It's like, come on, man. Kids are way smarter than you give them credit to. And if you and if you work with them like that from the get-go, mm-hmm. they will surprise you time and time again with the stuff that they can say back to you. you oh, know? without a doubt. I, I remember when I was a little kid, people, I still to this day remember people treating me like I was a moron and talking to me stupid. And I mm-hmm. remember thinking, God, why, I'm, when I have kids, I'm never talking yep. to them like that. So I talk to my kids like they're my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very sweet to them. I'm yep. very nice. And I'm, I'm, I'm like very understanding if they're crying about something that doesn't make any sense. But... I, when I explain something to them, I explain it to them like an adult. Yep. You know, I know their head's only that big, <laughs> so can't possibly be as smart as me. <laughs> but they're smart, man. They are. It's My six-year-old can read now. Wow. Which is interesting because I had a shirt on the other day that said nine fucking oranges. <laughs> because uh, I had this uh, bit in my act as based on a true story uh-huh. where um, I had my uh, power cut off in my house. Because uh, I didn't pay my bill back when I was young, I was very irresponsible. I wasn't even broke; I just didn't pay my bill. And so the guy came by to turn the power on. Seemed like a nice guy. And after he turned the power on, I go, "Hey man, I had an orange tree in this yard of this house I was renting." And I go, "If you want, I go uh, grab one of those oranges, man. I go, they're really delicious." And he goes, "Oh, okay, thanks." So the guy goes out there. And he takes nine fucking oranges. <laughs> and I swear to God, man, I was 20, I want to say maybe 26, 27 at right. the time. That was 20 years ago. <laughs> and to this day, still sometimes <laughs> I'm in my car and I'll be driving around. I'll just go nine fucking oranges. <laughs> and I talked about it on stage. And it's really true. It is a true story. And so this dude gave me this t-shirt at one of my shows that just said nine fucking oranges. Did he make it just it for had, you? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it great. had oranges on it. I wish I had it on right now. That's great. Uh, but I, I wore it for one of the shows. Yeah, I'll see if I can one podcast I wore it for. But anyway, uh, I, I brought it home. 
And my, my daughter goes, I know what that says. Ooh. That's a bad word. Ooh. Is that a bad word? You're That's the, a bad word. You're busted. Well, I didn't even know she knew that word. First well, of all, I mean, I, she's your daughter. Come yeah. on. Once in a time, my, my wife runs a tight ship. Really? I try like, to, I try to keep it, keep it very PG. I mean, sure. <laughs> you can try only once, but there are ties. But you yeah. know, I remember when she was two or something where I dropped something and for the rest of the day, she went on repeating duck, duck, duck. And I'm like, I'm glad you think it's a duck. What I said, <laughs> yes, duck. That's what I said when I dropped it. You know? But it's like, there's no way you could avoid it. You know? No, like, there's no way. It's impossible. <sighs> yeah, there it is. Brian Callen. Brian Callen and I, nine fucking oranges. <laughs> you see, the fucking is covered by my name, but <laughs> nice. that is what I said. Um, that was when Brian Callen and I got back from hunting. Is that what yeah, that one was? That was the bef- before hunting? Before 58 after, yeah. Yeah. No, we did two two podcasts in a row, one before and one after hunting. We went up to uh, this island Prince of Wales in the middle of mm-hmm. uh, Alaska. Terrible trip. Really? Why? Oh, it was beautiful, though. It was beautiful. It was a great trip. It was just unsuccessful hunting trip. But there was what was great about it was when I came back home, I really appreciated civilization. Oh, yeah. I really, like, yeah. We, we slept in a tent. It was wet. Everything was wet. Sleeping bag was wet. Mm. It was just, it was miserable. It was like 40 degrees. Just, it's poured every day. It was so much humidity that, like, Inside the tent, like I would turn, I had this little uh, miner's light kind right. of thing, like a forehead light. I turn it on, and you'd see the entire tent was filled with little floating beads of water. There was just that much humidity in there. When did you guys go? Was it um, summer? It was first or? first week of October. It was uh, too late. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, it was too late for the area that we were hunting in because the deer had already moved down. Right. We were at the top where yeah. the water is, where the lakes are, and the deer had already moved down. There's water up there, lakes that have no fish. Giant lakes that are lakes that are only there because of rainwater. Wow. Giant lakes of rainwater. And you drink it because there's no beavers. Right. You just dip your um, thing right in the water. We drank right out of the lake. That's beautiful in itself. It is beautiful. It is, it's amazing in that sense. Like I was prepared for diarrhea every day. <laughs> I bet. But it never came. They were saying if you get jardia, like you wouldn't get jardia. Jardia comes from animal poop. Uh-huh. And the only way you would get that is if there was a beaver up there. Right. But um, you could, like, run into a bear, and a bear could have pooped in there. Yeah, You could have exactly. got some bear poop in your mouth. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, I can see yeah. how things could be more fun. Yeah, but it's such an enormous lake. The odds of you getting any substantial amounts... Yeah. I mean, the reality is, unfortunately, we're constantly getting fecal matter and oh, dirt yeah, and stuff it's... in your body. And, like, even if you're a person who only eats plants... They say that one of the best ways that vegans get vitamin B12 is from bugs that they inadvertently eat that are like, right. on their food, yeah. which is I, kind of hilarious. I had that the other day. Um, I handed out this uh, glass of wine to this lovely lady, and she grabbed it, and she was about to uh, sip it, and she looked, and she's like, oh, there's a bug inside, and she handed it back to me. And I think I was already buzzed enough that I look, took a look at it, and I was like, just shrug my shoulder and down the bag and wine, and it was tasty. It was nice. <laughs> bugs don't taste nearly as bad as people think they do. No, Take it from are... me. From my days at Fear Factor, yeah. I've, I've eaten quite a few bugs. bugs it's more in your head yeah, than it is anything. I mean, I wouldn't go for, like, nasty, weird-looking cockroach from outer space kind of thing, but, you know, little bugs, whatever, no big deal. I ate a Madagascar hissing cockroach. It's like the size, remember pagers? That's serious. It's about the size of a pager. That's... Yeah. 
Mat- giant Madagascar hissing cockroach, I think they're referred to. That's pretty gross right mm, there. It's not bad, man. No, was... I guess, you know what it is? It's not the thing itself, it's what it has crawled through. It's if all it, in your head. Yeah. It really is all in your head. With the walls crawled through, yeah, disgusting. But the ones that we got, they were raised in a farm. Mm-hmm. You know, they were raised for movies and stuff like right. that and you know, for show business. Oh, well. It's really... In that case, yeah. pass on the cockroaches and... Uh, let's have Isn't a snack. Amazing that there's so many cockroaches. There's so much of a need for cockroaches that there's someone who raises them for television shows. <laughs> that I've never heard before. It's crazy. That's that's interesting, right there. And they would have millions of them, man. These guys really? have like vats of cockroaches. Wow. Yeah. But I was around them so often, it just became nothing. Right. And I watched people eat them, and you know, I, I forget what it was. Oh, it was. Um, one of the girls from a soap opera it was like a celebrity fear factor, and I made her a deal that if she ate, uh, if she ate one of the cockroaches to move on, that I would eat a cockroach. And, right. And she wouldn't even eat a cockroach. She ate a worm instead. Like, like a, I would rather eat a roach than a worm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, about even in my book. See, a worm I think is filled with dirt. Yeah, probably. I mean, they eat dirt. They're but then kinda, again, a cockroach is not exactly you know rubbing himself day and night and taking showers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, eating it was like, it was very, like, no taste at all. It was very mild. It exploded in my mouth, (laughs) and I crunched it, but it was very mild. Really? Like, if I had to, if I was starving, I would eat. Oh, yeah. I would eat a bowl of those things. No problem. If you're starving, I don't think there are too many things that one doesn't eat. Yeah. It's like... It makes you uh, gag a little just because it just feels gross in your mouth, but the reality of, like, the actual flavor of it... It's not that bad. Not too bad. Nice. Yeah. It's not, no worries. Yeah. People are saying that uh, in other countries that bugs are becoming like a, a viable form of protein. Oh, yeah. They say it's really clean protein. It's less fattening than most other type of protein. So, yeah, if you can get over the, ew, this is gross, supposed to be actually good for you. Yeah, probably not just less fat. I mean, how much fat is in a bug? Yeah, I would imagine next to nothing. Yeah, I mean, but, they're super lean, right? Yep, yep, yep. So they even have like cricket like snacks that you can buy at like hiking places. They sell like these cricket bars. I've done that before. There was a friend. Is that of her? Yeah, her sound coming maybe. out of her ears? Okay, your earbuds. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. I thought maybe someone was outside cranking uh, music. One of these things fell off her ear, and oh. I need to just. Okay, you can listen to the other one. I'll just plug this one up. She's so adorable. It's all right, man. The, um, yeah, I had that before with um, a friend of mine was from Oaxaca, Mexico. And so one of their traditional thing, they will have these entire plates filled with crickets. And, <sighs> you know, he didn't grow up there. He grew up out here, right? His parents were all into that stuff. So one day he's like, oh, I have to try, I have to try. He orders it at his Oaxacan restaurant. And he just look at it. And I can see he's about to throw up like any second now, right? He's just like, and I'm like, come on, it's not that bad. And I have to say, I ate them. I mean, you can eat them, but I can think of about 10,572 things that are better than that. Yeah. They are not the tastiest thing in the world. And you, they look at you, you know, they, have, they, are, they are not that tiny. So they have their eyes that you can clearly see, mm, I'm crunching on some cricket eye right now. Is it? But why is, that, why is that gross, but like a lobster is okay? No, I feel, I mean, there are some stuff that I agree with you. Some things are, it's total social conditioning, you know, it's nothing yeah. else. It's, you just brought up with the idea that that's normal and then it's normal. But otherwise it's not. It's just as weird as a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, essentially like crabs and lobsters and crustaceans, they're really like bugs. Yep. They're bugs that just live in the ocean. Mm-hmm. They're water bugs. 
And lobster are one of the few things that I can't quite... I mean, the whole thing of boiling them alive, that freaks me out. Really? I mean, other stuff is like, I have no problem, you know. It's like the hunting thing. You know, you go out, you hunt, an animal is free, has a good life. You kill them, you eat them. Totally make perfect sense to me. Boiling alive something, actually involving torture to make sure that you get to eat it, I feel like I can eat something else, you know, I can eat. And again, it doesn't have to be a vet. I can eat. I have no problem with the whole eating meat thing or right. hunting or any of that. Just I feel the that the degree alive. of pain part is like, come on, man. Well, well if really it makes you to... feel better, they say that lobsters lack the nerve endings to feel pain. Really? Yeah. It's, well, they also regenerate limbs. Mm-hmm. So if like, a lobster loses a leg, it just grows rack. In that case, yeah, bring on the lobster. Yeah. So if you really wanted to humanely eat lobster, you just hack their arms off and they just keep letting them grow their arms back. <laughs> <laughs> just and then eat, eat only their claws. <laughs> you could do that. It would work. I don't know how long it would take to regenerate a claw, but they, they regenerate the same way like crocodiles do. Right. They regenerate as well. Some lizards do. I remember when I was a kid, I went to my maternal grandfather's house in the, by the seaside, and you know I would hardly ever see him, so it was kind of a new thing, and it was already weird enough. And one day, um, I'm thirsty. I wake up in the middle of the night. I go to the fridge. I open the fridge. And this fucking giant lobster jump out of the fridge and start running away because he had captured <laughs> it and he kept it there alive. And I was like, what the hell is this? Freak the hell out of well, me forever. That's the weird thing about lobsters is that they live in the ocean, but you can ship them in a box. Oh, yeah. And they don't even have to be in water. And they get to you like from Maine and they're alive. Yep. Yep, like yep. every day in Vegas, they have lobsters shipped in from Maine uh-huh. to their restaurants. Yeah. It's like, how the hell? Like, how the what? What are these things? Like, they they, they don't even have to breathe. I know. Like, how it's, many days can they go without breathing? Yeah, I have no idea, but it's freaky. It's definitely freaky. Yeah, it's as freaky as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> she needs some sort of a television show for this to yeah, work. There is a television show right there, but she's, she's not, just watching, not it. watching it. Yeah. It's more interesting to interrupt. We should have worked this out, man. I would have brought my kids over and they could have had a little party. I know. And we just would have heard yelling and fucking play <laughs> I know. next I door. I've been wild and crazy over there. Yeah, I don't know what it what it feels, but the one thing I do know is when you throw a lobster in the water and the water boils, they try to get out. Yeah. So I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't buy it either. It yeah. sounds a little weird to me. It's like a convenient thing that people say. Yeah. It's like, no, they don't feel anything. They like it, actually. It's like a sauna to them. You know, it's like they have this pleasant sauna, and all of a sudden they die peacefully and go to lobster heaven, and they all is music. good. And, yeah. They hear music, and they just expire. They want to go to their dead relative lobster who has been in your pot before, and they reunite in lobster heaven, and all is well, and they... Well, one thing that is interesting about like prey animals like deer and antelope and stuff is that they believe now that like when an antelope gets captured by like a, a lion or something like that, that when the lion bites down on it, that its brain floods with chemicals and it almost sort of gives up. Yeah. Like it kicks a little bit, yeah. but it just sort of gives up. Yeah. And it doesn't fight like say as if like if a lion captured like uh, a predator, mm-hmm. you know, some other predator. Right. Like a, like a leopard or something yeah. like that. They would fight for their- Right. They would go crazy and make screaming noises and everything like that. But antelopes are just like, oh, this is just my place in the world. <laughs> I'm is the it? prey. I got caught. Yeah. Okay, I'll check out. Next life. We'll try again. <sighs> See you soon. Yeah. I'm going to come back as a giraffe or some shit. <laughs> what's your take on that kind of stuff? Do you do you actually semi-believe in reincarnation? What's your take? Um, I don't not believe in it. Because okay. I think the idea of life itself is so bizarre. Uh-huh. The idea that we have a, a, a soul, that we have 
consciousness that we can see through our eyes that we navigate with sound and feel and memory i mean it's all it's so 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 bizarre that reincarnation is not outside of the question i mean, I, I don't I, I don't know if there is such a thing as a soul mm-hmm. i don't know what this life is i don't know like does this life is this a finite experience where you you're born and then you die or are you drifting in and out of parallel experiences every time you go to sleep and wake up? I mean, are you on the same timeline constantly? When you wake up and you have this memory of your uh-huh. existence in this life, that you uh, are you sure that that's exactly how everything goes? I mean, just because all the people in your life seem to think that that's every, how everything goes, how do you know that you didn't go to bed last night with a totally different existence and right. wake up with a memory of this life that you're living right now just completely embedded in your head? I mean, we don't know. That's like the famous uh, Chuan's when the butterfly, right? The whole uh, uh, Taoist sage Chuan's who was all like, uh, they ask him about his dream and he say, yeah, I had this dream that I was a butterfly, but now I'm puzzled because I don't remember anymore. I don't know if I'm really Chuan's when I was dreaming that I was a butterfly or if I'm actually a butterfly and this is the butterfly's dream thinking that I, he, she's Chuan's. So, and uh, that's like the paradox of you never fucking know, right? Yeah, you, you don't never know fucking what, know. Uh, I had a really intense dream once that was so realistic that to this day it haunts me because I was some sort of an animal, like a wolf or something along those Mm -hmm. lines, and we were sneaking up on this deer, Mm -hmm. and the deer heard like a branch snap or a a leaf move, and I could smell fear. Mm -hmm. And I remember smelling fear, like smelling the tingling in this animal's body as it was thinking about bolting. It was wondering whether or not it heard anything. And I also remember smelling water. I could smell the water that was dripping. And then I woke up. I remember thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Because I I remember there was other similar animals near me, some wolf-like animals Mm -hmm. near me. And we were, like, communicating without words in some sort of strange, primitive way. It was a very short dream, but I woke up. But I remember thinking, wow, that was an intensely realistic experience. Because I didn't feel like... While it was going on, uh, I wasn't like, oh, I'm a person that thinks it's a wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I was in this, this animal's mind. Of course, it could easily be imagination. Sure, but then again, it's some of those dreams. I know exactly what you mean because some of the things are weird. There's, uh, there's stuff that I know what I've experienced. And then sometimes there's something that clicks in that is like, this is not part of my life. This yeah. is what I'm feeling right now is way beyond the range of my experience. This is not part of the game. And that's what I find, uh, I find it trippy, you know, I find mm-hmm. it really interesting. Like, do you ever see the movie uh, Legends of the Fall? With, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I really like the movie. I could only watch it without one time and I could never watch it again. Why? Because it freaked the hell out. There was one scene where, um, if you guys haven't watched Legends of the Fall and you plan to do it, mm, skip the next minute because I'm going to give spoilers. Spoiler alert! From, spoiler from a <laughs> from movie from 20 years ago. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's like, not exactly a big spoiler, but there's that scene where uh, Brad Pitt's brother got killed in mm-hmm. World War I yeah. and he goes berserk and he kind of goes behind enemy lines and he uh, and the next scene you see is you see coming back into camp and he's covered in blood. He has German scalps all over him and he's walking through the the camp and everybody's opening up to let him go through. Nobody's saying a word. There's this sense of, and there's the sense about him that he's kind of larger than life. He has done this crazy thing of going single-handedly again, killing probably 10, 15 guys, something insane. 
And yet there's this sense of extreme sadness, like all that power, all that warrior ability doesn't give him what he truly needs, which is to get back his loved ones, you know. Right. That, so that combination of extreme larger-than-life power and total tragedy that you can't, you know, that hold that power doesn't really help you. When I saw that scene, it was so damn familiar in a way that it's not my, you know, it's not how my life up until that point had been. It had no parallel whatsoever in my experience. And it wasn't like any other movie where I see something and it's like, oh, cool. I can kind of relate to that on some degree. And it hit me like, oh, my God, I know that feeling so damn well. And then I think about it. I'm like, where do I know that feeling? You know, mm. 20 years ago, whenever I saw Legends of the Fall, I mean, there's nothing in my life to mirror that, not even a tiny bit. Well, the imagination is such a wonderful and incredible thing. It's just it's so, so impossible to really understand the the boundaries of the imagination mm -hmm. and people can imagine memories. I mean, there, there's been moments where people have been talked into remembering things by like w through experiments, like through with, with, uh, you know, someone would counsel them and give them a memory of the past and mm -hmm. then coach them through this memory. And then time will go on and they'll think that that was a real memory. Oh yeah. And what, what is that? I mean, the imagination itself is such a bizarre aspect of being a human being. The ability to, like this wolf thing that I had mm -hmm. in my mind, essentially that was my imagination. I mean, the only other option is, what is it, a suppressed memory from my genetics from a long time ago when I was some sort of an animal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, the idea of evolution is essentially that human beings in 2014 are the result of millions of years of change of natural selection of all these different slow processes that have led us to being this thing that we are today but this thing has a direct link to whatever the fuck survived from that gigantic asteroid that hit the yucatan mm -hmm. and was what some in what one and a half miles deep right like slam i think it was like five no five miles deep into the earth within the first second and a half Killed everything, everything larger than, you know, I think McKenna used the term a chicken, everything larger than a chicken. So just like as a point of reference right. and just weird little mammals, rat things survived. So somehow or another from 65 million years ago, those weird little rat things that survived it's became us. you see around. Yeah, exactly. All the mammals around us, us and everything else. It's yeah. Nice. What is, you know, but, but there's no direct chain to any wolves mm -hmm. there's no direct chain to any i mean even the lower hominids were even the ones that ate meat they did they weren't on all fours they weren't so there's no right. i have no past mm -hmm. with wolves no so if that's the case like what is that thing is that just total imagination is it just the psychedelic chemicals that flood your brain during heavy rem sleep just creating a, a, a beautiful image for you to mm -hmm. try to conceptualize and wrap your head around? Or are you drifting in and out of realities? Right. 
Are you, I mean, are you a monkey one day, you know? <laughs> and then you go to sleep, yeah. you wake up, and you're Daniele Bolelli. You have your, your life, and everything is normal. But were, were you a monkey yesterday? Right. You know? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably, some would argue that I'm a monkey right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody argues that I am. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's obviously one of those stoner conversations that you have. Like, how and do you know... Not that we would you, know anything about that. I would so know. It's like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> But those those conversations are so common. Like, how do you know that you know when you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, you're the same person? Right. But you don't know, and that's the weird thing about going to bed is that everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants to sleep, and everyone's scared to die. Everyone right. wants to shut off yep. temporarily, but no one wants to shut off permanently. Oh yeah. It's a very, very odd existence. Because, you know, if there were any guarantees, if truly people... That's why I don't really buy a lot of the religious people who think they say, I believe in this mm -hmm. afterlife, this and that. It's like, if you really did, you would be way more relaxed about a lot of things in life mm -hmm. because you wouldn't have that fear of that. It's like, what do I have yeah. to be afraid of? There's nothing to be afraid of. It, it would be cool. It's like, great. You know, I do my thing here. Whenever I check out, I check out and I go to this other cool place. Everything is great. There's no reason to fear. The fact that people are obviously not thrilled with the notion of dying makes me think that they don't believe it half as much as they actually do. Well, belief systems are very strange. It, 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 can, it can really seem in your mind to be absolutely real, and you will explain these beliefs to someone else, and they will tell you that you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. Like, I was on a set once. I was doing this thing, and uh, I was talking to this girl and her sister. They seemed totally normal. And then the girl... I don't remember what we were talking about. It had something to do with gay people. I don't remember what it was. It was something like about gay marriage or gay people. Mm -hmm. um, they were talking about how the woman was saying that it's a sin. It's, and I thought she was joking. Right. I really thought she was joking. Because it was a set, like right. a television set. She's like, well, it's a sin. I was like, yeah, it's a sin. <laughs> and, and, and then I realized she was serious. And I go, um, so you, you think that God created people that are gay... And then um, did it like as a goof, like a trick? <laughs> like, what is that? Right. And she goes, no, 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 you don't understand. She said, the, this, the devil's scales are covering your eyes. Wow. And I said, the devil's scales are covering oh, my, my eyes. I'll never forget that term. That's... The, the devil's scales. I didn't know the devil had scales. That's when it's, you First know it's time to run. Well, no, no, no. I mean, she was friendly. She was just... Um, who knows, man? Who knows? It was this girl and her sister. And the, the, the girl, the one that I was originally talking to, seemed totally normal. Mm -hmm. But her sister was just out to Lizanch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the devil's scales are covering your eyes. Wow. Like, what? And it was just about gay people. Yeah. That's... No. Yeah. That's quite freaky right there. Yeah, but, but it's like people pick and choose shit, man. All the like, time. I know this dude who's really religious, but he has religious tattoos. Mm -hmm. Like, motherfucker, but you got to read the whole Bible. You're not supposed to have yeah. it. Right, exactly. You got to read that's, all of it. You're not supposed to tattoo yourself. But that's why, in fact, to me, is like when people say either they are pro or against any one religion, mm -hmm. to me it's silly because it's like when somebody tells me they are Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever that may be, he's not telling me anything really. Because as you say, people pick and choose what they want out of that. So one guy's way of being Christian is totally awesome. They're yeah. going to be super nice people and their belief system helps them being nicer people. Yeah. The next guy, their way of being Christian, because they pick and choose the crappiest part out of the Bible, is scary as hell. And their way of being Christian is, 
run for your life, you know? So yeah. to me, the label itself, I'm not interested even in arguing about whether one religion is good or bad, because the reality is that in every one of them, you're going to find at least some good part. In some, there's a lot more than in others, but you're going to find at least a little bit that's good in just about everything. And you're going to find also tons of crap. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in which parts you pick and how those parts inform your behavior. How do, how do you behave based on your beliefs? That's yeah. what interests me. Yeah, it's it's like like the idea of drugs. Mm -hmm. Like all drugs are not just drugs. The idea is like you know I'm I'm a religious person or I'm a Christian. Right. Well, Fred Phelps was a Christian. Right. And then there's like Rupert Sheldrake is also a Christian. Right. You know, there's very yeah, two exactly. very different ideologies at work here, but they're both calling themselves Christian. Yeah. And Fred Phelps is just this evil, mean, creepy old fuck that eventually died. Just rotted in his own filth and fucking <laughs> anger. Yep, that's exactly how it is. That's why, to me, even the the whole anti-religious view mm -hmm. of the world sometimes yes. gets too dramatic because it's like, <clears throat> oh, Christians are terrible, Muslims mm -hmm. are all evil. It's like, do you really think every single one out of millions of people who belong to the things they are all bad people? Come right. on, man. It's like there's there's the nice lady who picked the parts that are all about being nice to your neighbor mm -hmm. and charity and whatever, and that's her way of being Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And it's awesome, and there's nothing wrong with it, and it's actually pleasant, and I'm sure it actually helps her life. Other beliefs, yes, those are scary. And anybody going by those beliefs, then you see it in action and it's not helping an old lady cross the street is chopping people's head off because they don't believe the same thing you do. That's the, where you get, that's the freaky part. But I don't yeah. even care what it's, people again always argue about which one is the one who does all mm -hmm. this shit. It's not even just religious alone because if you look at like communist dictatorship, Nazis, they've all done it in the name of, it, it's totalitarianism. You know, it's that idea of everybody needs to live according to my way of life and anybody who doesn't need to be squashed. That's the scary thing, regardless of which uh, label is attached to it, regardless of which set of clothes it's decided to wear, is the same shit. Yeah, ideologies are they're problematic because when you f like you force yourself into mm -hmm. like a, f a framework, you force yourself into a pattern. Anything that's outside of that framework is like automatically not to be considered. Mm -hmm. And when when you have like rigid thinking, anytime you have like really and that except like rigid thinking like hey you shouldn't rob people hey mm -hmm. you shouldn't go around stealing you shouldn't around go around stabbing people yep. you shouldn't i mean there's there's rigid things that in a sense that like are pretty clear cut it makes sense because they're causing harm and yep. there's but there's also there's ideologies that are just like, you get locked into them and you're forced to think that way because of it like people that will tell you that this religion is correct because this religion is the truth mm -hmm. like they'll and they'll 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 force themselves to like be stuck in that little box, right? And you you don't want to admit that you ever fucked up and lived twenty years of your life believing in some nonsense. So then you're stuck. You're yep. stuck in this little box, and that could be atheism just Absolutely. as much as it can be mm -hmm. Christianity. Because I've met a lot of atheists, and I'm like, listen, you're in a religion. You're just yep. in a re the religion called atheism, yep. and they like want you to proclaim that you're an atheist. Like, I know this dude that's an atheist, and like he gets upset if I say I don't know. You know, like yeah, that yeah. drives me insane. That to me is the most honest thing you can yeah. say is on a about a lot about stuff of the universe is I don't know because that's you know, the reality of it. He hasn't had any really extreme psychedelic experiences either. Right. He's had none, in fact. He's a very smart guy, but 
his ideas are like only based on his own personal experiences and mm-hmm. what he's learned and what he's read. And he's a very smart person. He's very aware of religion, but he's like so adamant about proclaim- proclaiming there is no God. And I'm like, look, dude, I have seen things on mushrooms that are way crazier than an old man with a book yep. checking your name in the cloud and leading you through pearly gates and there's a bunch of people with wings. I've seen some shit that's way crazier than that. So that I don't think that's real. Mm-hmm. But there's no evidence whatsoever in my in my estimation that that's that exists. But the idea that there might be some universal consciousness that we want to describe as a god, Absolutely. and it's just. It's not this old man in the clouds wearing robes. Mm-hmm. It's just something maybe even beyond the realm of humanity, beyond the realm of the possibility of us mm-hmm. understanding. I don't see any evidence for that, but I'm not I'm not throwing it out. I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, if somebody's telling you some crappy fairy tale that's obviously poorly written and it's bad screenwriting, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, okay, that's just bullshit and I can see it. But if you define God in some other way, mm-hmm. then how the hell do you know that, right. you know, uh, once you reject just the most basic, silly type of fairy tale, everything else is up for grabs because nobody really knows. I mean, yeah. the universe is, that's why to me it's kind of hard to have the discussions about religions, even like the books I've written about religion, because usually people who don't like organized religion is because they are big fans of, um, you know, kind of a hardcore materialist worldview mm-hmm. where it's all about what you can see and touch and nothing else exists right so then you write a book that pleases those guys and doesn't please the religious folks that's great you still have an audience but if you argue for something more subtle if you argue for something that's basically not dogmatic either religiously dogmatic or in a hardcore materialistic form dogmatic then you're shit out of luck in terms of finding an audience because you are there's no niche that you jump into right away right it's not just one simple you know there's those group of guys that are going to be right behind you you're asking people to be aware on a moment by moment basis so rather than just simply you know buying into a dogma spouting the ideology spouting that this is what we believe one two and three you're asking people to live life without relying on a damn recipe that you apply at every little thing you run into and instead you to use their nose to use their i sniff the situation right now i'm able to uh in this particular case i'm gonna do this thing in this other case the same thing that worked two minutes ago is not appropriate and is not the right thing to do it's kind of like in fighting you know it's like there's a rhythm to things there's a timing to things and going with a plan a rigid plan. Going with a plan is great, but going with a rigid plan that you're not going to change regardless of what's in front of you is the recipe for death. You know, you're yeah. going to screw up. Same thing. Why would life in general be any different? Rigidly applying the scheme to everything that comes your way. I mean, to me, real talent is uh, is being able to judge things. Uh, we can hear that. Unfortunately, the, her little earbuds are picking up on the uh, the the microphones. Okay, let's try it now. Are you sure you don't want to watch TV? Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> My kids watch TV every chance they get because I don't let them watch TV. So I could always go, do you want to watch some TV? Like, yeah. That works, huh? Hook that <laughs> That's up. The... Yeah. Yeah, this is... It's the greatest thing ever for travel, man. For travel, you put on one of those uh, things behind the, the headset and people will go, 
oh, why do that? Why not have your kids like have a conversation? She's fucking four. Yeah. Right? Uh, that Let conversation only lasts so long. Right. It's not only that, there's like educational cartoons now. Yeah. There's ca- cartoons that like teach them how to spell mm-hmm. and teach them and they can sing along with it and learn, yeah. you know, phrases and words. Have you ever heard of, uh, well, there's atheism, mm-hmm. obviously, but there's a thing called atheism plus. Have you ever heard of no, atheism what's plus? What's atheism plus? No tell. It's essentially a new religion. It's uh it's atheism plus a set of moral guidelines. I call it duh. <laughs> this is why I call it right. duh. Because it's like, it's all be a good person. Right. But I just think that's duh. You know, and maybe like when it comes to things like racism and these sort of discussions or homophobia or any, any sort of discussion about uh, inequality or p- treating people in a very negative way because of something that they can't control, like their sexual orientation mm-hmm. or the way the, the skin they have, what color they are, what part of the world they're from. I think anybody who's a good person sees that in 2014 and recognizes that's a fucked up way to think. Mm-hmm. So these people this atheism plus thing, they have like atheism. So they're all saying there's no God, there's no God, there's no God, but we want a set of moral guidelines to live our lives by no sexual harassment, the sexual harassment and feminist issues are mm-hmm. a big aspect of that. Right. It's mostly a lot of like really weak men placating to a lot of like angry women. <laughs> and they, they formed this group where they all sort of get together and they have conferences and they just duh each other to death. They say, duh. I mean, it's all right. just the same shit. It's like, it's all shit that you should already know. Right. Like, don't be racist. Yes. Don't sexually harass women. Absolutely. Don't rape. Of course. You know, don't murder, duh. You know, like, okay, okay. How many times can we talk about right. this? Like, at a certain point, I've watched a bunch of their conferences online, and it's hilarious. I bet. Because it's, it's so fucking pedantic. At the, at the end of, like, you, you, just, you get beaten to death oh, yeah. by what they're fucking saying. It's like, I, I, you should already know this. Everyone right. should know this. This is, this is silly. And I think that depends on what audience you're speaking to. Because, you know, for anybody who's a semi-decent human being should have learned this by the time they are five and it's like done and over with, are we still talking about it? Then, of course, there are a bunch of people who are not exactly semi-decent human beings. So yeah. maybe for those guys, it's a good message. But I agree with you. It's like, to me, my thing is like, I've used this time and time again in podcasting and writing. I always write the whole idea that rules are for people who are too stupid to live without rules. Yeah. Because, you know, if you are smart, you don't need the damn rules because yeah. you know how to make the right call in every situation and you don't need anybody telling you, look, don't rape anybody. It's like, I don't need yeah. you to tell me. I got it. You know, and in this situation and in the next and in the next, no, it's not going to apply. That's not that there's going to be the exception to the rule, right? Right. Other things, there are going to be exceptions, but still, you're going to have the intelligence to be able to make the right call. Is you are somebody who's coming to mug me, they may, may be punching you in the face is a good idea. You are somebody who's disagreeing with me, punching you in the face, you're crazy. You're, right. you're a sociopath. You, know? you don't need a rule telling you when is it appropriate or not. You, know, you, you are able to make the right call when it happens. Yeah. And that's where... This freaking child You're is amazing like, that you can carry on a conversation with her squirming and cl- crawling on you. <laughs> this is not working out nearly as well as we were hoping it was going to. No, it's a we're hoping she was going to watch the television or watch their, yeah. her little video. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, I can do it. I mean, sorry if it's disturbing you. No, I deeply apologize. No, it's no worries, man. I uh, honestly thought, yeah, yeah, I also had higher hopes than uh, than this. Then again, she's five. What the yeah, hell? that's they, my fault. Yeah, they just. They are what they are at five. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, she surprised me because she'll do things that I'm like, really? How the hell? Like, I had this mm -hmm. conversation with her the other day where she's telling me, um, I don't like that I'm so sensitive because every little thing, you know, I feel everything too much. Mm. And when I'm happy, I'm really happy. And when I'm sad, I'm really sad. And I'm like, you're five, really? We're having this conversation. And then she goes even one step further. She goes, but you know what? It's okay because at least when I'm happy, I'm really super happy. So I'll take the pain off when I'm really sad. Wow. I'm thinking, Jesus, who are you again? Let's try this. So, you know, I get tricked in those conversations when I'm like, way, you are way bigger than five. I can take you to do this and that. And then I realized, no, she's a five-year-old girl. There, yeah. are, there are limits to the game. But Well, there's, there's understanding that comes with being a human being, and that's mm -hmm. what she's got. It's yeah. just she's, just she's a human being with, you know, however, what is it, 100 months on the planet or something right. like that? You know, it's like, <laughs> there's <laughs> limited, uh, <laughs> not even. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, yeah. imagine trying to figure the world out with 100 months of experience yeah. and, I mean, a year of school or whatever she's right. been in. It's like impossible. Yeah. It's, but you do have that little human brain and then you're also juggling around this. A, uh, this collection of words that you've acquired mm -hmm. and so you try and express these ideas and thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. one of the things that freaked me out about her from the get-go is that she not exactly now because she's not picking up on the frustration of it all of the discussion but normally she has an insane level of empathy not just for a kid but like even for adults i see her like she's always whenever she sees somebody who's having a bad day was really sad she instantly goes to them. She's trying to, like, I've seen her at school where she'll go to a kid who's like, hey, isn't that the kid that you don't like who's always giving you a hard time? And she's like, yeah, but I still feel bad. Look at what a bad day this guy's having. Wow. And, this guy, and she's going to, like, trying to comfort them and do this thing. And I'm like, Jesus, man, you're really nice. You're nicer <laughs> than me, I tell you that much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> maybe that's what it is. She's, yeah. she, maybe they, she, I, I definitely think kids recognize things that their parents do that they don't think or the right way to handle things <laughs> and they come up with their own sort of workarounds. Right. It was pretty hilarious see there in school where she was clearly quoting Bob Marley because she was going through a phase where Bob Marley was God. So Bob Marley? Yeah, she was She's going. five. I know, she loved Bob Marley to death and she would... Um, she went to this kid who was crying because his uh, mom had left and uh, it was like in preschool or something. She was four and she started rubbing the kid's back as the kid is crying and she said... Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. And I'm like, I know where you got that. <laughs> that's three little birds. And, uh, that's hilarious. And then she'll have her own uh, weird things on that. One day she's like, she asked, she's in the car and she's asked me for the million time for Bob Marley. And I'm like, okay, no problem. What song do you want? And she's like, two little birds. I'm like, no, baby, it's three little birds. She's like, no, two. I'm like, what do you mean two? It's three. No, one got shot. So now there's two little birds. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, that's morbid. Really? That's where we're, that's how we're going to play today? Wow. But, yeah. My daughter, who's uh, four, keeps asking me to take her hunting. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if she's just serious or if she misses me when I go away and she right. wants to do... Like, she's never heard a gunshot. She's, right. You know, there's... I mean, there's obviously no way she's going to be able to pull back an arrow that's strong enough to kill an animal. So right. it's like, that's not going to happen. No, of course. But step one would probably get used to hearing gunshots. Or yeah, yeah like I don't know. Um, well, she's just what? so bored. Tell me. What's what matter? What do you need? Uh, my daughter told me last time you, you pinch. 
I pinch you. I pinch you because you are driving me crazy, Papi. That's why I pinch you. It was my way of saying, stop squirming. She's saying, he's saying, settle down. Yeah. We can't put on a show for you or something like that, a television show for you to watch? Yeah, baby, actually, let's do this. Serious. Sit down and watch your show because we can't do it like this, okay? Well, unfortunately, this is being seen by thousands and heard by hundreds of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the failing of Bolelli as a parent. That's today's no, podcast title. No, there's nothing but. failing about it at all. Like I said, it's, uh, it, you know, that's one thing of becoming a father and, you know, being around kids. When I was really young, like if I was like in my early 20s, I would never be able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like little kids, I'd be like, oh, the guy brought his little kid. But like when I'm on a plane and like little kids crying... It doesn't bother me at all. Really? It used to drive me crazy. But when you have kids, it's one of those things where you kind of recognize. One of the things that happened, the big shift that happened is I started thinking of everyone as being a baby. Mm -hmm. At one point in time. Like one point in time, King Jong-il was a baby. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. That's fucked up. Yeah. You know, like Idi Amin was a baby. Mm -hmm. All these weird people in the world, you know, that fucking Pistorius guy that shot his girlfriend through the bathroom door. That guy was a baby. Yep. Okay. You know, all these creeps and fuck ups and assholes, babies. Gloria Allred was a baby. There was a cute little girl. Now she's fucking robbing people. (laughs) 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 Using the law, just straight up rob dudes. How much do you think is, how much do you believe in um, whether it is DNA or a soul or something like something that's purely uniquely about that person when they are born and that's part of how they are or how much is culture? You know, the famous nurture versus Mm -hmm. culture debate. What's your take on what's (sighs) more important in this? I don't know. Well, they have done studies where they've taken twins that were separated at birth, mm-hmm. they were adopted, and they get them together after not seeing each other entire life, and they find out they like the same kind of music. Really? Yeah, they, they have very similar likes and dislikes. Their personalities are very similar. There's a strong argument for nature over nurture, right. but there's no denying that nurture plays a huge role as well. I don't sure. think it's either or. Right. I think we live in a soup of possibilities, mm-hmm. and I think that you can get super lucky with the amount of exposure that you have to positive and even to negative things. Like there's an expression, hard times make good people, mm-hmm. you know, and I do believe that in a certain sense that there's some experiences that children and adults even have that they get through and it makes them more empathetic. It makes them kinder, it makes them more understanding and it makes them stronger, like more, more character. Even that, though, is funny because you're right. I mean, there's part of that argument that's totally true, and you do see that happen a lot. And then you see somebody who goes through the exact same thing, and it makes them 10 times more of an asshole. Yeah. Because it's like, I got hurt, so I'm going to mm-hmm. hurt everybody else in the process and screw yeah. them. And it's like, that, that's where you think, like, what is that make this one person make a right turn and go in mm-hmm. a direction where they become kinder and nicer because they felt what it is to get hurt? And what is the other one make, make the complete opposite turn and go in a direction of, I got hurt, so I don't care for anybody else's feeling. Everybody has to pay for the fact that I got hurt once. Yeah, It's weird, right? It's like there's that moment where you can really make a 90-degree turn one way or another. What is the make people make the choices they make? It's know? a very good question. And it could be a, a lot of it could be genetics. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're epigenetics. The, the concept that people are passing down ideas through their DNA to their children is is not without merit. The idea that your ideas 
that the lessons you've learned in your life are not just stored in your brain, but are stored in every cell in your body mm-hmm. and also stored in your genetic material that passes on to your woman who gives birth to the baby and the baby has the genetic material from both the mother and the father. I mean, all of that is, is real stuff, man. I right. mean, all that is, those are all absolute real possibilities. And it's really incredibly fascinating, the idea that we, we are this you know, soup of possibilities. Uh, We do exist in this very strange world of so many different things being going on at the same Mm -hmm. time. And there is something to, yeah, you're right, because that's the experience part of it all, where you get um, some kind of traumatic experience that really changes your your makeup, the way you are as as a person, as a human being. And it's like, and at that point, the kind, I mean, I've seen it even on myself, not, I'm dealing with it right now. I see how my brain has changed over the last three, four years, in some ways in a good way, in some ways really not in a good way. What ways am, in a bad way? I think I do have, I didn't think so, but now I'm coming to the realization that I do have some serious PTSD. You know, where seeing, you know, my wife die in my arms wasn't quite as, uh, oh, I can deal with it. Sure, uh, mm-hmm. rationally I understand uh, shit happens and everything else. But it did affect me to a different level. So I know, I, to give you an example, I'll see that um, because the way it started with her is like when she got sick, the first thing that was was like a tiny little thing. It was like, oh, my shoulder hurts. It's like big deal, right? It's like, well, you went to the gym and you lifted too much, whatever, right. something. Seeing that transform in a matter of weeks to, oh, man, I can't move my arm anymore. Oh, I can barely walk. Death, all of that in a sh- such a short period of time. Now, every time there's something wrong with my body, I don't just think like, oh, look at that weird little symptom that I'm having. My mm-hmm. mind immediately races through the whole sequence and I'm like, I'm going to die tomorrow of some horrible, <laughs> terrible disease. And it's like, I know better, right? right? I know that that's stupid and I know that that's, if anything, that's like projecting things that are definitely not helping and if anything, they are damaging and I still can't help it. You know, there's still part of my brain that even though consciously I know it's stupid, I still go there every single time there's something wrong with my body. Wow. And so it's like, man, what do I need to do to change that? You know, because mm-hmm. it's almost like Pavlov's dogs, right? It's conditional right. response. Is immediately the second something goes their path, I go with it. And, uh, and, you know, there are moments where I have control over it and I can kind of come to this place that's because I've seen horrible things can happen any moment, I actually transcend it and I'm like, look, I have no control over anything, so let's have fun right here, right now, because what the hell knows what happened tomorrow. Right. That's the empowering part of it, and I love it when I get that, and I don't love so much the other one, which is that terror of, oh shit, something's gonna happen. Which, you know, inevitably something's gonna happen at some point, right? I mean, everybody dies, everybody gets sick, that's just the nature of the business. But having that in the back of your mind as a sometimes paralyzing thought, that's a whole different game. You know? That's part of the problem with being a human being, isn't mm-hmm. it? Your, the awareness. Yep. The awareness of your, the finite nature of your existence and the, the fact that it's coming. Yep. Whether it's tomorrow or a hundred years from now, it's coming. You know, if you told someone that they're going to die in a thousand years, I'll still freak out. Like, of course. Oh, of course. A thousand, that's it. That's all I have. Yep. Every year passes, 999 <laughs> left. <laughs> No, totally. And, and yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, you know it, but there is somewhat removed, right? There's mm-hmm. that intellectual existential anxiety. And then yeah. there's existential anxiety of a sort of like people who have seen, uh, whether because of war or sickness or whatever, people close to them die in horrible ways. 
it's not just an intellectual or some point in the future something bad is going to happen. It's, it's in the past something bad is going to happen and any second now can happen. That's not a fun way to live. You know? No, it's not the best way. It's not It's not good in any sense of the word. It's, no. Um, living in the moment and being happy in the moment is very it's a it's a very difficult thing to do it mm -hmm. requires it requires discipline and it, it also requires that you develop like a pattern of thinking yep and you get that's one of the things we were talking about with young people like they automatically start blaming the world and hating on people for whatever has happened wrong to them yep. i'm gonna fuck make people feel the way i feel there's patterns of thinking that you can fall into like almost automatically and once you have that pattern it's a, a cut groove and that groove is very easy to slip into it's very comfortable it's very simple one of the things that psychedelics do is pull you out of that groove exactly they, they they lift you above the motherboard and you get to see what the groove is oh this is a, just a pattern that i've created and it doesn't not only is it not empowering it doesn't even make sense it's yep. it's, it's i'm going to live my life a fucking disaster i'm going to 60 more years of this and then my fucking heart's going to stop beating and i'm going to die an asshole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. very easy to fall into it's Probably. very easy it can happen to all of us if i go, oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say it's it's very hard to reset and even when you do reset it's hard to continue that new pattern it's like it requires great discipline and sometimes you got to write things down writing things down is big right you know, writing things down reading things positive affirmations nobody likes the idea that you go over someone's house and they have fucking all these things written on their walls <laughs> so like today is a new day today we're gonna go forth with strength and dignity but doing stuff like that actually can can benefit you. It can it can writing things on walls and you know having positive affirmations can help you. Yeah, because I mean some stuff just because you know it doesn't mean that you don't need to hear it again and again right, to right, really right, internalize right. it. Because you know most people know. I mean, if you have read books, if you have been alive long enough, you probably know what there is to know. You have heard it before. Yeah. The difference is transforming that from intellectual knowledge into actual. It's part of your being. Mm -hmm. It's part of something that affects how you behave. Both uh, Aubrey and um, Amber Lyon gave me the lecture about psychedelics multiple times now regarding uh, this is what you need now. Uh, Amber Lyon is a fascinating case, boy. She has, f I've never met anybody that I gave the suggestions to, like I gave to her where they just mm -hmm. fucking ran with it like she did. That shit changed her life. Amber is a trip. She's I mean, a trip. Is, I didn't meet her before, so I don't know what the before looked like. Oh, before she was the, a very rational serious journalist who is very concerned about the future of humanity and our culture right. and 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 journalism because she had seen the ugly side of the beast right. where she had reported on some horrific events in bahrain and mm -hmm. when she got back and tried to uh put together the cnn piece they instead put out this fluff yep. piece like almost like a tourism mm -hmm. propaganda video for bahrain Bahrain, depending on how you say it. Um, but then when I talked to her about ayahuasca, which, by the way, I've never even done. I totally go do ayahuasca. <laughs> that was the funniest <laughs> thing of the story that Amber tells. Is like, I'm in the middle of the jungle. I'm about to down it. And they mm -hmm. say, you know that Joe never done it, right? And she's like, Ugh. But I've done DMT a right. dozen times. At least, probably, 9, 10, 12. Yeah, something like that. But... It's the same thing. I mean, it's, it isn't, but it is. I mean, it's the same psychoactive substance. In fact, DMT, the smokable form, is a stronger version 
of uh, ayahuasca. But ayahuasca tends to be a long spiritual trip, which I thought would really benefit her, you know, that she was struggling from it. Right. And it sure did. I mean, again, I, I haven't seen the before, but the after is insane. I mean, I'm yeah. seriously one of those people that... She glows. Yeah. Every time I hang out with her, I feel happier. She's, she's a drug. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like being in the same room improved the level of happiness. It's, yeah. I'm amazed by her every time. I'm just like, are you for real? I mean, yeah. it's like I have never... I can't think of too many people that I've met that are that happy. Yeah. You know? Well, she's doing psychedelics every couple months. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, she's fucking hit it so hard. From the moment I met her, like I guess it was like two plus years ago, more than two years ago, because we didn't have this studio. So from that moment on, when she went to the jungle, I mean, she went to the jungle like a fucking month after I brought her up, maybe right. even less. Went well, <laughs> <laughs> and even though they told her I didn't had never done ayahuasca, she's, like, she still fucking dove right in. Um, I think I knew that. I mean, I told her to do it. And I knew that it was the thing that she needed. Mm -hmm. And some people really need that. They need to go to a place and they need to experience this thing in this very alien form. And it's so transformative because of the fact that you're in that place. You know, I mean, I'm sure I could probably benefit from it. But my, what I like to do, I mean, my thing, I have a sensory deprivation tank in my basement. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm sort of experiencing... As, as removed as the jungle might be, I'm removing myself from reality itself on this daily basis. Not to say that I wouldn't still benefit from it, but I wouldn't subscribe what I do. Right. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't prescribe, rather. I wouldn't right. say what you need to do is get a tank filled up with water mm -hmm. and you need to trip your fucking balls out and climb in that thing. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I even have friends that come over that don't want to do the tank. They're like, I'm not getting in there. Why? What's so scary about it's, it? I mean... It's, reality is that fucking thing oh because they it's big fucking meat locker of reality you know i need to do that more the times that i've done it i mean i've always liked it i always felt great sober it was like, or no um yeah maybe that's my mistake have you been sober yeah mm, maybe the first time is good to do it sober but now yeah, it's you time know, to yeah. you know amateur it. right gotcha you know so, amateur float tank uh with yeah. an asterisk gotcha the asterisk is very important because whatever the asterisk can do the asterisk can do in regular life it's multiplied tenfold inside of there it becomes nice. especially edibles Ooh. edible marijuana becomes a full-blown psychedelic experience you know, i can deal with edibles for some reason it's like 11 hydroxy metabolite that's what it is maybe that's the because i've tried every time i've tried edibles is either too little where i don't feel it or i feel like somebody grabbed the biggest baseball bat <laughs> in the universe and just slagged me across the head not pleasurable not fun <laughs> just like oh my god God, where am I? What the hell is Those this? are my favorite this trips. Really? You yeah. dig those? I wow. do. I don't um, dig them while they're happening. Yeah. But when they're over, I learn the most from them. I, I like I like being scared like that because I know I'm going to be okay, but I don't know I'm going to be okay while it's happening. No. <laughs> 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 I think I got trauma. When I was maybe 15 or 16, something like that, I did this. Um, I remember making this tea with Ashish. And we got a little mm. carried away because there were supposed to be a bunch of people doing that. And it turned out to be only two of us. So the dose <laughs> that was supposed to be for like, I think it was like half a gram per person. And instead it was two and a half gram per person. That's a lot. So by the time we down it, you know, an hour goes by with edibles is also messy because you don't feel it right away. So an hour goes by and you're like, eh, nothing happening. Two hours goes by. I'm like, really? Nothing still? What a waste. We throw that stuff away. I go to sleep. I wake up two hours later and I'm just like, <gasps> who am I? Where am I? And I pass out. 
And I open up my eyes again. I'm like, who am I? Where am I? And I pass oh. out. And the next six hours go on like this, where I basically lose consciousness every 30 seconds. And I wake up with this, who am I? Where am I? thing. <laughs> After that, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm doing too bad yet. But I, and even the other times that I've done, it was always not quite that bad, but close. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think edibles are are meant for me. Well, there's, there's so many religions that have cannabis and cannabis eating as the base of their religion. I mean, right. Hinduism, there's so many, uh, so many passages in, in ancient Hindu scripts. And, uh, like if you look up, if you look up on, on, uh, on, uh, like Wikipedia, you could look up the eth entheogenic use of cannabis mm -hmm. and it shows all these different, times where people have used cannabis as a psychedelic like not just oh we're smoking a joint relax right. but when you eat it you have these profound visions Powerful. if you eat enough like mckenna used to say that eating like large doses of marijuana was equivalent to eating large doses of mushrooms right it's just a matter of having the courage to eat too much to go that route yeah you, you never get the crazy heart fast heart rate on uh, on edibles you can yeah well, that, you don't get a ha fast heart rate, but you get this panic sense, like, I'm never going to sober up. Oh, but, but not as a physical thing, pure. Because no, I yeah. felt it as a physical thing. Like, I've done... Uh, you get, a, like, a heart... Yeah, where really? I feel my heart start pounding, where I'm just like, Jesus, I'm going, like, 120 beats per minute or something, which, if you're not doing exercise, that's a bit much. I bet it's anxiety. That probably is. That probably is. Because <sighs> it brings on a lot of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Heavy-duty edibles make you really reconsider. It, uh, it's, it, it's very difficult to live in the moment on heavy-duty edibles because it mm -hmm. forces you to examine problematic aspects of your past behavior. Assuming you still have enough lucidity, because there are really times <laughs> where I'm just like, I'm not examining, I'm not examining the table. If I don't know who I am. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, oh yeah, you uh, can go too deep. Yeah, I've done that with uh, not too long ago with uh, the, you know the Rick Simpson oil. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is supposed to be great for health and everything, mm -hmm. and you know, the thing with the oil is that unless somebody's preparing it for you in capsules or something, it's such a guesswork of trying to figure out which one. Is How many drops you can that, put uh, in. Yeah, so I've done it where I take a tiny bit and I feel nothing and I'm assuming it's healthy, but whatever, I'm not feeling anything. And I take a tiny bit and one day I take a tiny bit plus a minuscule, tiny micro drop more and I'm like hitting the trees, right? I'm just <laughs> way out there and I'm like, whoa. Well, right? it's also who's making those things. Right, of know? course. If it's they're not, you know, being made in the same place where they make Teslas. No. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that's part of the uh, part of the problem. When that's why weed itself, you know, when it's the plant, you can kind of figure mm -hmm. things out, and when you're smoking it, you can sort of feel how it's going, and you can up yeah. it or stop it. Edibles is you take it, and an hour later you're in for the surprise to see what it's like. I was listening to this radio show the other day where people were complaining about marijuana being stronger than it was when they were kids. Like this guy in his fifties who just recently tried marijuana again, and he was talking about how he overdosed. I overdosed on marijuana. And what does I that swear even God, mean? How do you exactly? I over almost went to the hospital. I mean, I barely got through it. I mean, you can overdose. I mean, he was like going on like about the pot today. Right, it's, it's just dangerous. Like, well, shut the fuck. Up. Yeah. What are you talking? Like the fact that someone can go on the air and say something like that—that's bullshit. It's what's well, it's it's not just like you could put a bad thought in someone's head and oh, they yeah. really believe they could die from it unless they have a, a computer. How many people have died from arrow? Zero? Ever? No. Never? I'm gonna be the first one. <laughs> I'm gonna be the first one to die. Oh shit! 
I'm gonna fuck it all up for everybody else. I'm gonna be the first one to die. Like there was a guy who died in Colorado because he jumped off a roof, and they were trying to get rid of edibles because the one fucking dipshit jumped off a roof. But even then, the thing is, every single substance that's out there is uh, even the most hell water. If you drink too much water, you can yeah. die from it, right? I yeah. mean, it's like yeah. everything is how you use it, who's mm-hmm. using it, what's the context. Every tool, cars, yeah. everything, skateboards, Absolutely. everything is how you lose it. I mean, if we if we based what kills you you know what's illegal we would literally make everything illegal oh yeah cars would be number one right how about computers like, people have died from using computers computers are blown up on people right and they've died right cell phones have blown up in people's yep. pockets and they've been gravely injured mm-hmm. has anybody died from a cell phone let's find out well let's I'm gonna sound say good anyway yes. killed Exploding by cell, cell phones I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say killed by cell phone. While you're finding out about the cell phone, let me take care of the tiny monkey. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Don't answer the call while charging urban legends. Man takes woman's cell phone after she's killed by train. Wow. That's dark. Man killed by cell phone explosion. Mm, Okay. Let's see. Gizmodo. Man killed by cell phone explosion. A Korean man was apparently killed by his LG cell phone today. And this was, uh, by the way, in 2007. They probably got old shit back then. He was carrying the phone in his shirt pocket when it exploded, puncturing his heart and lungs. It happened in North Chungcheong province of Korea as the man was working on a construction site. He was found dead by one of his co-workers. Whoa. Do you think his parents or his family got some money? Wait, this was North Korea? Yeah. No, South Korea. South Korea? Yeah. Hmm. It says a Korean man. North Chungcheong. It just, just says Korea. It doesn't hmm. say North or South Korea. I'm s- assuming it's South Korea. Yeah, because in North Korea, I think they're about 252 years away from seeing cell phones. Yeah, this is... Yeah, no kidding, right? Poor bastards. That's like the, one of the craziest things about 2014, that we still have a real live communist dictator running mm-hmm. an entire country that's terrified yep. of this little goofy, chubby, moon-faced motherfucker I know. who's the son of another goofy, chubby, moon-faced motherfucker. Yeah, it's stuff like that just... Uh, yeah, or the ISIS guy. I mean, things that really belong to the Middle Ages, they mm-hmm. are like, really? We're yeah. still doing this shit? Come on, really? Yeah. This is where... And on one end, you know, you see humanity and we are so damn advanced and we are doing these amazing things. And on the other end, we're doing still the same shit that we're doing 2,000 years ago. Those ISIS guys, are they release videos on YouTube too, graphic, horrific videos on YouTube, and then they don't get pulled until like, you know, weeks later, people find out about them. Like, I don't know how like a video gets pulled from YouTube. I mean, someone has to flag it, I guess. Yeah. And like, maybe they're only sending it to the people that they know or or whatever, and it'll survive a while before. But somebody put something up, like, check this shit out, and I I went and, and... clicked on the link and i was like jesus this is on youtube i know it's these guys shooting each other these sh- shooting these guys while they're on the ground and yep. then cutting their heads off like yep. all very very graphic and i was like i can't believe this is on youtube no, there's stuff out there that makes you i've seen what, one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen was this one thing in like somewhere in africa or somebody suspected of being witches and so they grab yeah. these three people and set them on fire and you yeah. see them oh. there's that. after a while i was like you know what why the hell am i watching this yeah. done over you know i know it happens i don't need to see it in it's nuts. It's yeah. like a video straight out of the 1300s or something. Yeah, in 2014. Yep. 
is all the progress that we've gone through to get to this point in age. And there's still some people that just, you could take them, you could shove them back to the year zero and, and they would fit perfectly right Perfectly comfortable. Yes. <sighs> yeah. It's well, that's, there's that thing going on with human beings, man, that spectrum, that the, the broad spectrum of behavior where it, it almost seems like you have to have like shitty people to appreciate the good people. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if there's ever going to come, a time where there's a legitimate biological utopia where like human beings like where they achieve some form of enlightenment where everyone has reached the duh stage you know right. like we're talking about like this atheism plus mm -hmm. like they they rattle this on to themselves but they should know better they're all fucking educated and going to conferences right. and stuff like that they see it's like they're preaching to the choir yeah. essentially or or propping themselves up on a, a nice moral high ground in front of their peers. But there's going to come a time where the whole world is like that. Right. Is that possible? That would be, and and I get, you know, what you're saying about you need the bad people to appreciate the good people. Yeah. If uh, there's a general improvement of humanity going in a more pleasant direction, we don't need the bad people. Just give us a DVDs of showing us what, <laughs> this is what the bad people experience is like. And then you go, yeah. whoa, really? And, you know, make people very... Maybe have a lot a of solution. empathy so you watch movies and you get almost like the experience without having actually to deal with it because the whole rationale that you even hear religiously about how you need evil in mm -hmm. order to appreciate the good I'm like to what degree man because when right. you look about human history there has been so much evil that is like really i could actually do with one 100 of that i will learn the lesson i don't need to learn that same lesson over and over again in such brutal nasty fashion yeah there's something about the design of human history or nature for that matter because as you say multiple times i mean when you look at nature it's like it's not a soft fuzzy happy animals running around the forest it's brutal it's fangs and claws and the whole thing and it's like yeah, maybe if it's about appreciating the good stuff, there would be a gentler way to go about it. Do we really have to go this hardcore to make it happen? Yeah, nature is the most vicious motherfucker of all. Yep. My friend was uh, telling me about um, watching this bear kill this female bear. Mm -hmm. He was watching these grizzly bears. They were observing them. And um, this uh, male was trying to mate with this female grizzly bear, and the grizzly bear didn't want to mate with him. She kept pushing him off and yelling at him, and right. he kept trying so hard to get her to mate with him, but she didn't want to do it. Right. And then a new grizzly bear, a new female, came into the picture, and the new female came into the picture and started trying to get him to mate with her. Right. And he got angry that she was distracting him, so he murdered her in front of the other Jesus. bear. Jesus. Just tore her apart. Just like that. Huh? Just ripped her to shreds. And he said it was the craziest thing because all of a sudden this bear had its feet up in the air and it was just dead. Right. Like within seconds. Like a few seconds ago, it had wandered into the camp, you know, or into this uh, little valley where these bears were. And uh, tried to get this bear to make, and he, he's a biologist, and right. so he was, you know, observing this stuff, or if he's not a biologist, he works with biologists, and he was observing this stuff, and he said it was one of the most disturbing things he's ever seen in his life. He's a hunter, he's lived his whole life hunting, and, you know, death is a normal, natural part of life to him, but this, t to him, freaked him out more than I anything bet. he'd ever seen. I bet. Because he said it was so brutal, and it was so instantaneous. You know, it's just really crazy, man. Did you ever, did I ever tell you about the rapist necrophiliac ducks? 
Ducks? I didn't tell you about the rapist necrophiliac ducks. I don't think so. No, I have to tell you that. So, you know, cute little ducks. They are adorable. I remember seeing ducks being born, hatching out of an egg. And I'm like, I'm never eating egg again then. You know, I'm never eating duck again. Poor little You know, you got into this romanticized, cute, fuzzy thing, right? Right. And then I start reading about ducks that apparently... um, Male ducks are particularly fond of raping female ducks. <laughs> and um, But this is where it gets interesting. Oh. So they go, I'm sure maybe you have seen them in these super high-speed chases where the female is running and there's like two or three male run flying right behind her. And in during these high-speed chases, occasionally the female take the wrong turn and she crashes into something, a tree or a window or something. And then she, uh, she breaks her neck and die immediately. But, you know, body's still warm, so the wannabe rapist ducks on pursuits decide, ah, what the hell, we don't want to waste this. So, and they just get on and have sex with the dead corpse. After that, I'm like, ducks are back on the menu, motherfuckers, because you guys are mean and horrible, and I'm going to eat you again. Maybe they should show that to all those people that are trying to keep you from eating foie gras. <laughs> right? You know, that's a weird thing that California has. California has a law where you're not allowed to eat duck liver, but you can eat ducks. Yeah. Because they were force-feeding these ducks yeah. to get their liver to grow, and people found out to be unbelievably cruel. Damn. I guess crueler than killing them right. and eating them. Like yeah. force-feeding them to get their livers to grow larger was crueler than killing them and eating them. I fucking, uh, okay. I mean, you know, the stuff that's done in um, uh, raising animal at an industrial level tend to be pretty fucked up, which yeah. is why even people who whine about that, but they do anything related to whether you have leather or you eat any kind of meat is ridiculous because it's like hunting is a lot cleaner that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you let an animal have its life, be free and everything else. Commercial farming, yeah, there's some nasty stuff happening. At the same time, you know, there are limits to how far you want to take it because there are not too many simple, clean, painless, easy ways to do things that still deliver the goods that people rely on. So it's a very, that's why it's the same thing as the stuff we were saying earlier. Any kind of dogmatic position about this, either the screw animals, they are just here for us to use and who cares whether they suffer horribly or the poor little bunnies, you can't touch anything, everything. They are both ridiculous, right? They they both have a point, and they are both ridiculous if taken too far. Have you ever seen the video of a woman? She walks into a restaurant and tells everyone in the restaurant that what they're eating is is not food; it's violence. No, and she she goes in and she tells everybody about her little girl. I want to tell you about my little girl, and it's a chicken. She's talking about, oh, and her name is Snow. Have you seen it? Have you seen it, Jamie? No. Oh, I, I'll, let me find it for you. We should play it because it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, no, that's not food. It's violence. Are you done, kid? We can, we can, we can, we can end this. And next time you come by, uh, I'll bring my daughter, Deal. daughters, and we'll have a little party. They can play. Vegan um, rant goes viral. It, this time. isn't food, it's violence. Pull this up and, and we'll... Uh, <laughs> Have you seen what Bill Cosby did yesterday? I hear Jimmy was just telling oh, me about it right before we good started. Lord, if you don't yeah. know what's going on about Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, I'm going to be very careful how I f- phrase this, allegedly has raped a large number of women and allegedly has drugged these women and raped... I mean, 
I find it hard to believe that 13 women would make something right. up. That's a large number. I right. mean, there would have to be some massive conspiracy dating back to the 1970s that's just now being uncovered. Mm-hmm. So he put this thing on his website yesterday, like, me, me, go ahead and meme me with a photo of him and, you know, the meme being the, the print that you can add, yeah. a meme generator. And his said, happy Monday. And these people just wow. went crazy. I mean, it, it went, it got so ugly. Like, I mean, one of them was, uh, like, one, the first one was, like, more than a dozen women have accused me of rape. <laughs> like, how can I hear you say no? Because he's got, like, headphones on. What do you mean you're pressing charges? I mean, it's, it's, these are the mild ones. Well, I but, mean, I mean, what was he thinking? You know, it's... He's a fucking idiot. What the hell was he thinking? Or, it's, a lot of people believe that um, someone who works for him did it on purpose. Really? Yeah, that someone who works for him knew that it was going to... Like, someone who is, like, a uh, website more. designer. Yeah. Well, you got to think, like, website designers, a lot mm-hmm. of times, younger people, and maybe even a woman, right. you know, who, like, was like this fucking piece of shit, I can't believe yep. I'm working for him, or a guy who's sympathetic to what's yep. going on, and says, look, how do I get this fucker? <laughs> this is- <laughs> that would actually be genius. Yeah. That's what happened? That's great. <laughs> I mean, they put a bunch of them that were, like, really cute on right. his on his website, like, they... They took some of the ones that people had created that were PG rated, but the amount that were rape related was staggering. Well, of course. I of mean, course. what's if it, like in the news, what has been like, what have you heard about him in the news over the last year has been this story, right? Yeah. So it's like, of course, that's what's going to pop up. Of course, that's what's going to happen. And no one is uh, pressed charges. It's like, a, I wonder how you could, because it seems strange, you know? It seems like, uh, like, if you don't have the physical evidence, like, but you have 13 people telling a similar story, yeah, I wonder how that works. Depends also from how long ago it is. Yeah. Because that's also... Statue of limitations? Yeah. Is there a statute of limitations on rape? Uh, I'm hesitant. I, you know there what? I think be. it is. I think it is. I think there is. Isn't that what saved that seventh heaven guy? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what... It is, right? Yeah. There's a statute of that's limitations on rape? Is. Yeah. Then why is there a statute of limitations on something so horrible? I know. I know. It becomes tricky, though, because, of course, once you wait to report it, mm-hmm. it's all physical evidence is gone. And then it, you have yeah. to rely on a lot thinner kind of evidence that's a lot harder to make the case. There's also but that the, the thing about memory that right. we discussed earlier. Yep. that Human memory is one of the worst pieces of evidence yep. you could ever get. There are people that I have had experiences with where they'll go, hey, remember when we did this and did that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we never even did that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was never right. even there with you. Yep. No, you went with us. I'm like, listen, man, I've never been to South Dakota. Right. Stop. Like, it didn't happen. Yeah. Or they remember the wrong state. or they remember, I mean, people's memories are fucking terrible. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah, awful. Yeah. Do you have this video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll play this, and then we'll give her a chance. Just look at she looks. She's done. We did like an hour and a half. That's all good. Like, you got to see this. Watch this video. Put put your headphones on so you can hear this, though. Uh, it's not plugged in anymore? Yes, Hold on a second. Yes, of course. Oh. Hold on a second. Give it a chance. Wonders. Did she yank it out? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> like... Okay, we'll just play this, and then we'll end it. This is just so ridiculous. This woman walks in this restaurant, and there, there's a whole group of people behind her. <laughs> She walked into a restaurant where people are eating. I have a little girl. She was very abused for her entire life. She was terrified. She has a very determined look in her eyes wherever she goes. And she was hurt and abused her entire life because of this establishment and because of establishments like it. 
She was locked away. She was hidden. She had nobody there for her. She was crying. She was scared every single moment. And because her usefulness had run out, she was going to be killed. Someone was going to murder her. And I can see you smiling, and I can see you laughing. But to her, this is not funny. I went in there with other humans, and I took her out of there. And if I hadn't, she wouldn't be with me right now. She would be gone, just like all of her sisters, just like everybody who we left behind. And I'm here to tell you today, that all of those other girls, but everyone who we left behind, they just wanted to live too. And they deserve their lives. And right now, their eggs and their milk and their bodies are on plates inside this restaurant. Chickens and don't have so milk. Dummy. <laughs> My she little girl's name is there. Snow. Yeah. And every time you see someone eating somebody else's eggs or somebody else's body, you are going to remember her name. Her name is Snow. She's a beautiful little girl and she just wants to live. This wow. isn't food. It's violence. This is the best part. They all come in and they all have a sign. Like, it's not just to say it. They have to have a sign. They hold up a sign. It's not food. It's violence. Please think of her name every time you see somebody's these meek, fucking, Snow. pathetic people that are just so live. lucky their ancestors Please. ate meat to get them to 2014. <sighs> Idealistic little kids. I love how in this video that you have the temp was it the temptations yeah, in the background yes. say my girl and you're like got <laughs> <laughs> this old man like that's perfect. <laughs> but it's crazy. She has this determined look in her eyes. I know. She goes, no, she doesn't. Okay, her expression never changes. She's a fucking chicken. God damn man. it. Crazy lady. It's that is one of the my favorite videos ever because yeah. she's just so bonkers like I, yeah. I see you smiling Gee, I wonder why we're smiling maybe because you're kind of crazy You're walking into a chicken restaurant with more people and Jamie's right There's more people came with her that were in the restaurant right she must have caught it at like two in the afternoon some <laughs> off hour <laughs> Right <laughs> it's like it was just so strange but she's a little girl. She has a determined look in her eye wherever she goes. And she just wants to live. And people are eating her eggs. Yeah. Guess what? I eat my chicken's eggs. And they don't care at all. You know why? Because the eggs don't become a chicken, you right. fucking dunce. Yikes. Oh, they're just eggs. When you have chickens, you can have chickens as pets. They provide you with free protein. Right. You give them food, and they give you protein that doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't yep. harm them. They have chicken. They lay eggs every day. Right. This idea that then you're their milk. No, no, no. There's no chicken milk. <laughs> You can't, I've never seen chicken And if milk. there is, a stay away from it. Because that's bad for you. They don't breastfeed. But this, you know, that is the spectrum. That's the spectrum. I mean, sensitivity is important and understanding of nature is important. I mean, and I've been accused, especially lately, since I've, over the last couple of years since I started hunting, of being cruel, of doing it because you enjoy killing animals. I don't at all. I mean, I, I, I enjoy hunting. I enjoy bringing home the meat. I actually... I think that the the killing of the animals the worst part of it the 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 fact that you're able to take an animal out of nature though like in in the, the most natural environment possible like if I didn't exist that animal would be doing the exact same thing mm -hmm. until I came along there was no influence whatsoever on its life right. and then all of a sudden boom it ends which is going to end 
by wolves. Mm-hmm. It's going to end by, especially where I was. I yeah. was up in Canada where they have a, they have so many wolves up there. They have no limit on how many wolves you can shoot. Serious? That's yes. that big of a wolf population. Huge wow. population problem. Huge. Wow. Like they have elk, they have deer, they have moose, and mm-hmm. wolves are just killing them left and right. While we were up there, we actually came upon, we saw all these ravens that were floating around um, this uh, one area. So we're trying to figure out what it was that they were attracted to. So we went over to it and we found this moose calf that had been torn apart by wolves. This is uh, the moose calf. I'll put it up on my uh, Instagram later so you guys can see because you're not going to be able to see this Not much left. But this, oh, it's just just mangled. It was crazy. And Mm -hmm. It was wolves. Wolves had taken it from from its mother. Right. And they just figured out a way to get a hold of it and just ripped it yep, apart. Of course. And devoured it and there was hair all over the ground and everything. That's the reality of that life. The right. wolves get it and then what's left, the coyotes get that and then what's left, you know, and any other scavengers get that. That is a much more likely death than by hunter. Yeah. The, the hunter death is the least likely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And in that sense, again, to me it's like, Everything is going to die. As mm-hmm. long as you're not doing where you're wiping out the species and as long as you're not doing where you are adding unnecessary pain to the process, right. then that's the nature of the business. Well, what this woman is doing by running into that restaurant and saying, it's not food, it's violence. Like you're kind of, you're missing the whole point. You're, you're missing, it's not violence. It's, you're en- they're ending life so that you could eat it. And yeah, it's kind of a crazy way to do it. Because we're detached from it. You're, yeah. you're right about that. Yeah, but again, that's a, like a shitty communication strategy because I'm sure she can have part of a point mm-hmm. where she's right because there are issues with commercial farming that are nasty. Terrible. But, you know, there's a way to communicate it where you or I would be like, oh, you're right, you make a good point, so maybe we can tweak the laws a tiny bit to do it in a more humane way. Totally agree. You go like this, you're preaching to the choir. You only have like 10 other people who feel the exact same way you do agree with you. Even if somebody's 80% your way, you're, they're going to look at you and go like, whoa, you really went off the deep end. Well, there. she's emotionally unbalanced. Right. And on top of that, that leads people to want to kill more chickens. Mm-hmm. It really does. I mean, I have uh, this guy that uh, I'm, I'm friends with up in Alaska or in uh, BC, rather, that runs this uh, hunting camp. And he would get these death threats from people because uh, they would be hunting wolves. Right. And the reason why they hunt wolves, they had one of their cows torn apart by wolves. Right. These 30 wolves got a hold of a cow and ripped it apart while the people were in the house and they're hearing... Right. They look out the window and they see these wolves bringing down a cow Mm -hmm. and killing... That is crazy stuff, man. To, to look out your window and see this 2,000-pound animal get taken out by this pack of wild, murderous animals. Yep. It's, it's got to be pretty cool, but also pretty goddamn terrifying. Definitely. And people do get killed by wolves, and they certainly did in large numbers back in the day, which is why the Little Red Riding Hood, the mm-hmm. Big Bad Wolf, we don't think about that today because it's not an issue, but there was many, many times throughout history where wolves had killed people. If you Google, like, wolf deaths by people, before we had eradicated, like, large populations of the wolves, there was actually a ceasefire in World War One. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Germans the Germans and the uh, Russians actually called a ceasefire because so many of them were getting killed by wolves. Yep. They said, all right, let's just stop killing each other, <laughs> fuck these wolves up, and First, then go back. And then we can go back to killing each other. Yeah, yes. That's how nutty wolves yeah. are. So these these people were sending this guy death threats, and he said, every time you send me a death threat, I'm going to shoot a wolf in the guts. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And so they stopped sending him death threats. No, they stopped posting. She, this woman was like, I'm going to post on your page every day. If you ban me, I'm going to make a new name. Right. And he goes, okay, every time you do that, I'm going to shoot a wolf in the guts. Silence. Yeah. I figure that yeah. that take care of business. Yeah, I mean, there's there really is a way of communicating where it's just like you think it's funny, don't you? She thinks it's funny. Yeah, haha, <laughs> <laughs> shooting the gut, haha, <laughs> so funny. No, I mean, there's really a way to communicate that gets the job across. It's like most people like to communicate in a preach to the choir kind of mm. way. Most people will communicate in a way that's not considering where you are coming from, the person they are talking with. Right. They're only considering where they are coming from. And they want you to feel what they're feeling yeah. and think what they're thinking. Exactly. Only they want to force their ideology on you. Yeah. In that sense, like veganism or vegetarianism is sort of a religion, just like we're talking about atheism plus is a religion. Right. So is being a Christian and so is being a Mormon and you know it's like it's ideology it's all it's all thought processes you could label it and call it a religion mm -hmm. you could label it you know call it a cult you could call it whatever you want sure. but it's just thought processes thought patterns that you you want other people to think you don't want them to th express themselves and you can look at it from their point of view no you just want you want them to know and you're right this is not food it's violence no it's food it actually is food right. it's fucking chicken and I'm about to eat and you, you crazy bitch you came in with all these meat fucking low blood sugar freaks holding up signs thinking you're going to change the world. You're not changing yeah. shit. Go get a job. What are you guys doing here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? How are you feeding yourself? Do you have jobs? What are you doing? Your fucking parents are putting you through school? Is that what's going on here? And the thing there is like how many people's minds have you just changed by doing that? Zero. Zero point zero. So it's like even if you believe that you're 100% right in your message, go back to the drawing board and look at that. that what you just did is bullshit because yeah. it doesn't lead to any single person being convinced. So figure out a better communication strategy because you suck. You yeah, know? she needs to get on some ayahuasca. The, 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 the fucking elves would let her know. Chickens are going to die no matter what, bitch. Yeah, I got, I, last time I did DMT, I asked them about hunting. I asked, uh, and they were like, okay, whatever. That's what, literally what they said. I went into it and I had this, this thought in my head. I was like, uh, is, is hunting, and uh, is, it, is it morally acceptable? Is there anything wrong with hunting? They're like, it's fine. Who cares? They're like, they were like showing me all these different things about life. They're like, look, you're going to die. Like, it right. all dies. Everything dies. It all goes into this thing. And they're showing me all these, you know, this fractal reality. And uh, I felt silly for asking that question. But I have to tell you about that. My one and only DMT experience, which was pretty funny because I did it with Duncan. Oh. And, um, you know, Duncan is hitting it and he's like seeing God and the universe. And he has mm -hmm. this beatific smile on his face. And he's just like, ah, and it's, and I'm just like, I'm looking at him and I think you are the goofiest bastard I've ever seen and I'm just laughing my ass off but I'm not seeing you know I'm not having the same and I keep hitting it so I'm like Dude, there should be and at one point I think whoa my perception is changing I am beginning to a vision because I see the Duncan ceiling is all warped and mm -hmm. weird and then eventually I come down from the experience and I realize that Duncan ceiling is really just warped and weird that is just so it wasn't working on you? <laughs> it was working in the sense that it was like the biggest uh, it was like the biggest weed high in the universe mm -hmm. I had um, like big body high you know I felt it really like sinking into the couch and melting into the couch and I felt it that like everything was hilarious but I did not have you a single visual nope no one and you mm. know I took as much as Duncan did and again he was out there you know spacing out with the creators of the cosmos and uh, having a discussion and you there. were like passing it back and forth so yep. it's like you're getting it at the same time yep. that's what you know they do say that there's a certain percentage of people it doesn't work on 
and I'm sure that maybe you know the next time you take one more. What I mean, even How with weed, it's like a lot, a lot. <laughs> 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 he was after a while. I was getting mad. I was like, "Come on, man!" It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like. But I've seen I it wonder. even with weed, where I'm like, I'll smoke. Uh, I'll take a hit of weed and in the afternoon or in the evening and I'm like, I barely affect me. It's pleasant, you know, it's really mm -hmm. pleasant, but in a very mild kind of way. If I do it before lunch, I'm in another universe. I did it mm. once. I made this horrible mistake with uh, David Seaman, like before a podcast. He offered me a hit <laughs> and I took a hit and I didn't eat before. And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of this podcast that he's like, I hear him talk and he, I hear that his voice is coming, the sentence is coming to an end and I'm just like, oh, Fuck, I, I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Oh, that's you know, so funny. It's still me, same yeah. substance. One hit versus 10 in another case, and the 10 were left. It's like, I don't it's know, It's also man. different kinds of weed, too. You it can get is, a hold of some really yeah. strong stuff. But that's the DMT thing. It's weird that it worked on Duncan and not you. Yeah. I wonder if maybe it's uh, one of those things, man. One of those things where you have that thing where you don't. it doesn't work on you. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll, I'll, I'll report after the next one. Young lady, you have amazing patience. I'm very impressed with you. We're going to end this podcast now because so. you are, you're just going to squirm yourself into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> you earned a kiss. Can I give you a kiss now? Yeah, give daddy a kiss. Mm -hmm. All Thanks right. Daniela, you're awesome. Next time we do this, let's do it yeah. again and we'll, we'll bring my kids and we'll have a little party. You'll hear a bunch of screaming yeah. back there. Much more less boring. Much more less boring. <laughs> okay. I agree. When we're gonna do speak it out. gonna say, Dada, could you now take me home? Yeah, okay. that's how we're gonna do it. All right. Yeah. Thank you, brother. And uh, your so podcast, much. let people know how to get a hold of you on yeah, Twitter and your podcast. Um, D Bolelli, as in my first initial, Daniel, as in D B O L E L L I on Twitter. And then uh, podcast is The Drunken Taoist with a T T A O I S T. Uh, if you just look up daniellebolelli.com, which is Daniel plus an E at the end, B-O-L-E-L-L-I, -L -L -I, that probably refers you to everything else, so that would be the easy route. And I'll just throw out there now, I'm working on a second podcast that's going to happen at some point. There's a... Uh, if you dig hardcore history, you may dig this while oh. playing with. But, you know, that's uh, uh, right now is on the back burner because I have to finish writing a book. I have to 17,000 things to take care of. But hopefully by the beginning of the year, something moves. Beautiful. All right, man. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you coming on here and especially under <laughs> tight circumstances like this. We'll make it happen next time, okay? I'll bring my kids. Thanks so much. Little, little kid party. Sound good? Yeah, you're much better. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, we'll, we'll be on with Dr. Mark Gordon, uh, who's going to talk about uh, traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder in soldiers. We're actually bringing on uh, one of his patients. We're going to talk about his experiences, and uh, hopefully we could uh, help some other folks out there that uh, are experiencing a very similar, uh, similar situation. So tomorrow, much love. See you soon.